Hello again, friends. This is Michael Spivey on the Thriving Pastors Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me. This is episode number eight. And first of all, I wanted to apologize for missing last week. I've been doing some traveling and uh, just a little busy. And so sorry about that. But we picked back up this week and I want to talk with you uh, or maybe just take a little different angle on a subject that uh, that you may not have seen in a positive light before. I hope that uh, we can sort of flip the script on that here for a few minutes. And this starts with uh, a comment somebody made to me a few weeks ago. Uh, they said this to me, Pastor, you are so predictable. You're so predictable. And you know when somebody makes a comment like that, there's something behind it, and typically, um, I don't ask too many follow-up questions with that kind of thing, because it usually doesn't lead anywhere productive, but uh, as I thought about that, probably what they meant by that was was not a good thing. It was probably uh, a little bit of a slight uh, towards me, that I'm a person of habit or a routine, that kind of thing. But truthfully, that word uh, predictable or, or the concept of predictability, that can be a really bad thing or it can be a really good thing. There is certainly a predictability that leans to the side of boring. And I think that's where this person was, uh, was going with that comment. Predictable in the sense that uh, there's uh, maybe no spontaneity to you or or that kind of thing, which is not true uh, about me, by the way. I just got to throw that in there. But there is a predictability that does lean to the boring side, doing the same thing uh, most all the time. I know people, and you know people, who do this. Every single year, they go to the same vacation spot. They stay at the same hotel. They eat at the same restaurants. They go to the same beaches, um, do the same things that they always do. Now, for you, that might not be that might not be your deal. That may seem boring to you. It may seem routine to you, and um, and that's not really your deal. But for that person, for that family, uh, it's not boring. It's tradition, and they love it, and they enjoy it. And it's what they do. And most of all, it's really none of your business, right? So it doesn't have anything to do with your life. So let them enjoy their time. And this happens, uh, this happens with every aspect of our life. It happens in our families. It happens on our jobs. It happens in our churches. I was thinking through the, uh, the comment that was made to me, you're so predictable. It was in a church uh, context. And there are, uh, frankly, most churches lean toward predictability. I mean, for the most part, you you pretty much know what's going to happen on a typical Sunday morning. I was looking through some, uh, uh, in, in our faith tradition, the word liturgy is not brought up very, very much. But that word liturgy, it just means the work of the people. And in our services, uh, every every church has a liturgy. Even if you're not a, uh, a mainline or a, or a high church 
type of church, you still have a liturgy. You don't have to be Anglican or Catholic or Lutheran or Episcopalian uh, to be uh, to have liturgy in your service. Everybody has liturgy. It just means the way that you do things. So I was looking up a couple of uh, liturgies. We might call them orders of service among our among our tribe, but I was looking up for an Anglican church. So uh, pretty much most Anglican churches, if you visit them, this is going to be the liturgy or the order of service. They have what's called the first movement, the Word of God, and it contains these elements, a welcome and silent prayer, then a processional and praise hymns, then an acclamation and collect for purity, summary of the law and Kyrie Elison, the collect of the day, scripture reading, the sermon, the Nicene Creed, the prayers of the people, confession of sin, absolution of sins and comforting words, sharing the peace of Christ. And then later on in the service, what they call the second movement uh, is where communion, holy communion comes in. So they'll have the offering, the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Then the sorsum corda, the preface and words of the institution, the prayer of consecration, the Lord's prayer, the invitation, the closing prayer, the blessing, sending him and recessional, the sending out. Now, all of that, rather none of that may be your thing. There, I'm sure there were some things in that list that I just read off that you're like, what in the world even is that? Why, do they, why is there Latin in there? And it may not be your thing, right? If you're, a, if you're a high church person, then you completely identify with all those things. If you are, I don't like this term about us. They call us low church people. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of that term, but, uh, but for those of us who, um, who are considered lower church, that would be your Baptists and Methodists and uh, Pentecostals and, you know, some of the, the, the lower order. Again, I don't like that term. So we may not agree with all that. We may not identify with all that. It may not be your thing. But again, right, none of your business. If it's, if it's, uh, if it's not your church, uh, then don't worry about it. Don't spend a whole lot of time on that. That's, that's the way they do church and and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a few minutes but you know you you may be there there are some of of my good friends there are people in my tribe who are like swinging from the chandelier hair on fire walking the back of the pew pentecostals where everything has to be spontaneous in order for you to think it's of god and so any any order of service or any liturgy or anything like that, uh, some folks would just consider to be, you know, stodgy and stale and dead and lifeless. But then again, if, if, if you're not a swinging from the chandelier Pentecostal, don't worry about the Pentecostals, right? Let us have our fun. We're, we, we do what we, what we do. And it's beautiful and it's spontaneous and God moves in that the same too. But even if you need everything to be in the moment, that is your liturgy. That is your order. That's the way that you do things. And we have order. We, we like our order, regardless of what it is. Think about your family relationships. Wouldn't you much rather have 
predictability in your family relationships? How, how about a dad? Some of you may have grown up with a father who predictably was going to drink too much. And then he was going to say and do things to hurt the people that are closest to him and that love him the most. It was terrible what he did, but it was very predictable. How about a mom who predictably couldn't get along with people and would lose her job after three days because uh, she's just so misunderstood? That's a predictable behavior, even though it's a terrible behavior. How about a kid who, who is predictably going down the wrong road and is predictably going to skip school and hang out with his pothead doobie-smoking buddies? It's not a good behavior, but it, it may be a predictable behavior. How about work? I had, I've had jobs like this. Maybe you have too. That when your employer paid you back when we used to get paper checks, they would tell you, hey, listen, can you hold on to this until next Tuesday before you cash it? Because we don't have enough money in the bank to cover it right now, but by then we will. It becomes predictable when they ask you to do that a few times, but it's not a good kind of predictability, is it? That's not the kind of predictable <laughs> that we want. But there is also a predictability about life that results in tremendous blessing to us. How about you take the flip side of that dad that we were talking about? You may have had a dad who was predictably faithful. You may have had one of those dads that worked 30 or 40 years at the same job. You may have had parents that were married for 50 or 60 years. They were predictably faithful. That dad, he's going to do the right things. It's not to say he's perfect, and it's not to say that he doesn't make mistakes, but he's predictable. He's going, to be, he's going to do the right things. How about the mom who's going to be predictable? She's going to pray for her kids, and she's going to love them and serve them and help them and mature them and grow them. They can count on her. When you fall and scrape your knee, that kind of mom's going to be there to kiss it and bandage you up. And that's the kind of mom that we all want. It's the kind of dad that we all want. How about a child who's, who's predictable in the sense that you can count on them being faithful and gentle and kind and teachable. That's the kind of children that we want to produce. Predictable children. Nobody wants an unpredictable child. Now, children are unpredictable by nature, right? I mean, we know this. But ultimately, we want them to grow up to be predictably faithful and loving and gentle and kind people. We all love faithful jobs. We like it when we go to a job and we work and they pay you and they don't even ask you to hold the check. We all want predictability in that sense. If we go back to the liturgy as an example, and you, you go to maybe the Anglican liturgy that we, that we sort of read through, you know, people who are deeply spiritual Anglicans, they have their roots sunk into a deep place. That liturgy represents 1,500 plus years of the way that people have worshipped God in that tradition. Now, you may not like it, but for somebody who is immersed in that, I can understand how that brings a sense of settledness to worship. It's a predictability that breeds confidence and that gives comfort to, to the people who worship in that way. 
during uh, during the COVID pandemic, uh, there was a, a local church in town. My good friend uh, John Gullett uh, was the priest at uh, at a an Episcopalian church, and uh, they they were a little behind the eight ball on technology and that kind of thing. So. John and I would get together every single week, and we did this for nine months during the COVID pandemic. Uh, for nine months, we helped them produce their their weekly service. And so, I mean, full with music and preaching and the liturgy and the scripture readings and, and the whole thing. And I got to be honest with you, the, the liturgy was beautiful. And it was packed full of scripture. And it had intentionality, and it had purpose. The movements, uh, after a few weeks, the movements of the service in the liturgy were, were natural. And yes, predictable. You know what's coming, you know what it's going to be. But I, I got to be honest, as we journeyed through that together, I grew to enjoy and, and really even anticipate what was next, and then next, and then next. And my, I constantly felt my heart reaching forward uh, for the next portion of liturgy. Uh, by the end of that nine months, uh, Father John pronounced me properly Anglicanized. <laughs> and uh, we had a great time doing that and really became great friends in the process. Now, the liturgy at your church uh, may be a little more loose than that. It may be a little different than that. Uh, the, the liturgy at our church, our our uh, order of service goes something like this. We have pre-service video announcements. Our, uh, my wife, Pastor Jennifer, gets up and welcomes us and leads us in a scripture reading. We normally have three songs of worship and then communion and prayer together. One last worship song, offering and announcements, uh, the message, and then prayer or altar time, and then we'll close it out. So some you know, a few less steps, a little more informal. Uh, we have more flexibility uh, in our liturgy, in our services. We may sing an extra song. We may sing one less song. We may sing for the whole service like we did a few weeks ago, and it was beautiful, awesome. Uh, so there may be a little more flexibility in that, but, but for the most part, we have our set liturgy. We have our set order of service. And that's not all bad, folks. If you need everything spontaneous all the time, then then our church is probably not going to be a, the place for you. There, I'm sure there are places. I know there are places that are just fly by the seat of your pants and crank up the music and let's have church. And hey, if that's your deal, I'm not going to poo-poo on that. Have at it. Go for it. But this word, this word predictable, I just thought for giggles and kicks I'd look it up just to see what Webster had to say that it was. This is how they define it. A predictable, able to be foretold or declared in advance. Also, expected, especially on the basis of previous or known behavior. And boy, it's kind of in that sense. Expected, especially on the basis of previous or known behavior. I truly want to embrace and become a predictable person. I don't mind being thought of as predictable, especially on the basis of previous or known behavior. I want people to be able to know what they're going to get out of my life, 
out of their relationship with me, out of my ministry to them. I want to be predictable because predictability breeds safety. People don't have to wonder if I'm this or that. They don't have to wonder if I'm committed to this or that. They know me. They know my life. They know the things that are important. They know what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. You just think about the things that that you enjoy. Think about the things you enjoy. How about Chick-fil-A? Don't you just love the heavenly bird, the Lord's bird, the Lord's chicken? Chick-fil-A, it is 100% all the time consistent. Chick-fil-A is so predictable. You're going to have a great experience. You're also going to get great food and they're going to serve it to you fast. Even if the line is wrapped around the building six times, (laughs) they're going to serve you pretty quick. How about Longhorn Steakhouse? I don't know if you're a steak lover like me. You You see a common theme developing here. You know, Longhorn, it's predictable. You're going to get good food. You're probably going to get good service. You enjoy it. Sorry for the uh, for the food references. Here's some other things I enjoy that are pretty predictable. Jennifer Spivey, my wife. She's pretty predictable. I know on a regular basis. I don't have to worry about her. I don't have to wonder about her. I don't have to question her. She's faithful. She's loyal. She's kind. She's gentle. She's smart. She's faithful. She's loving. She's all of these things and more. She's so predictable. She's going to respond in the correct way. Like she's, she's just, she's predictable. Predictably awesome. My best friends, their names are Ed and Tim. Those guys are predictable. I know if I call them and, and need them, they're going to be there. My friend Frank, he's the same way. If I text or call, they're going to respond. They're going to be uh, super gentle. They're going to be uh, truthful. They're going to tell me the truth. They're going to love me through it all. They're predictable friends, and I love it. I love about our church that our church is a predictable church. Let me tell you, our church is a predictably generous church. If I submit a need to them, if we present a a missions uh, endeavor or a missionary to support or a project. Our people are so predictably generous. They give and give and give. I love that about our church. Uh, whenever we we designate a, a project or or something along those lines, I just know they're going to step to the plate. They're so predictable, and I love it. There's some synonyms for predictable in the positive sense. Trustworthy, reliable. Here's the one I love most, faithful, faithful. God is always faithful. Therefore, God is predictable. He's going to be predictably faithful. Let me just give you a few verses of scripture. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. I think you could insert that interchange that word predictable there for he who promised is predictable he's going to be faithful i can predict it how about first corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and god is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it 
God is predictably faithful in those moments. How about Matthew 25 and verse 21? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, and I will set you over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's what we we all hope to hear when our eyes close for the last time and we transition from this life to the next. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were predictable. You were going to do the right thing, and you did the right things. You were faithful. How about Galatians chapter 5, where it lists the fruit of the Holy Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Faithfulness makes it in there. Predictability. The Lord is all those things, and He produces all of these things predictably. How about 1 John chapter 1, verse 9? If we confess our sins, He, Jesus, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful for a predictable God that when we confess our sin, He is faithful, He's predictable and forgives us of our sin. I'm thankful that we serve the kind of God who's predictable. He's predictable in His love and His grace and His mercy and His patience. God is predictable in forgiveness and understanding. Our God is a predictable God, and I want to be a predictable man. Why don't we make it our aim? Why don't we strive to become so consistent, to become so ingrained in doing the right things, that we become predictable in our responses. Love you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Thriving Pastors Podcast. I know that there are a multitude of people and podcasts to choose from, so I really appreciate you spending some time with me. If you've enjoyed the content, please feel free to share it with those that you think might benefit from it. And if you don't mind, go and check out my website for the Thriving Pastors Initiative at thetpi.org. That is T-H-E-T-P-I dot O-R-G. We've got new cohorts that are forming all the time, and I'd love to walk with you on your journey. May the Lord bless you today.